Hello and welcome to the Healing is Everything podcast. I am your host, Paul Hawthorne. On this week's episode, I'm going to share some insights into the world of burnout. This will be the first of a series of episodes where I talk about burnout, its effects, and how self-care plays such a significant role to combat it. Now, I know I've talked quite a bit about self-care throughout uh, season one and this season two here in my uh, podcast, but today I'm going to kind of just dive deeper even into, um, well, number one, burnout, and number two, why self-care is so important. I know that these strategies and insights I'm going to share will either completely negate the effects from burnout or at the very least reduce the impact it can have on your or our overall health and well-being. Now this episode will be part one, which I'm really excited to call the flames of burnout and the inferno unveiled. I chose to use a fire energy because I believe burnout starts as a little bit of a spark in us and um, something that obviously can get out of control. Um, And so I'm sticking with the fire theme and I hope you like it. Now in the modern world where the pace of life is relentless and expectations are so high, burnout has emerged as the ambiguous affliction gnawing at the core of our well-being. It can silently engulf us leaving us exhausted, detached, and stripped of our zeal. Now, however, amidst the chaos, there is a glimmer of hope, a lifeline that can rescue us from the clutches of burnout, which is self-care. In this series of episodes, we shall embark on a journey together to explore the profound impact of burnout and unravel the reasons behind its rise and chart of course towards effective self-care practices that can guide us to a life of balance, resilience, and fulfillment. As mentioned in last week's episode, I personally struggled with burnout both past and present. So this, this episode is quite near and dear to my heart, or these series of episodes are. Now recently I've suffered from many of the effects of burnout, which I will be sharing in this series of episodes on the topic. But before I dive into the content deeper, I think it's important to start with defining burnout and unmasking the syndrome that plagues many of us, especially in the fast moving world that we've created us humans for all of us. Now in the vast landscape of our experience on this beautiful planet we call Earth, burnout stands as a pervasive phenomenon which can silently devour the passion and vitality of us across the various domains of our lives. To embark on our journey of understanding burnout, we must first unravel its intricate layers and grasp its true essence. Burnout is characterized by three dimensions. So the first dimension of burnout is exhaustion. And I'm going to call this to stick to the fire theme the embers of depletion. Now, exhaustion is the hallmark of burnout. It is a deep-seated fatigue that goes beyond mere physical tiredness. It can permeate every aspect of our being, leaving us drained of our energy, motivation, and enthusiasm. The fire that once fueled our passion now flickers dimly, 
sapping our vitality and leaving us in a constant state of wariness. Exhaustion is the first dimension of burnout, as I said. It's like a smoldering ember that can slowly consume the energy and vitality of our very spirits. It extends beyond the physical realm, reaching deep into our emotional and mental well-being. This overwhelming sense of fatigue becomes a pervasive presence in our lives, casting a shadow even over the simplest of tasks. Now, exhaustion experienced in burnout is not temporary or easily remedied by a good night's sleep. It is a chronic and persistent state that lingers day after day, draining us of our reserves and leaving us feeling depleted. Physical fatigue becomes intertwined with emotional and mental fatigue, creating a heavy burden that weighs us down. Now, the impact of exhaustion is far-reaching with burnout. Physically, we may experience symptoms such as constant tiredness, low energy levels, muscle aches, and headaches. We may struggle to find the motivation to engage in activities we once enjoyed, leading to a loss of interest in hobbies and a withdrawal from social interactions. Emotionally, exhaustion erodes our capacity to cope with stress and regulate emotions. We may find ourselves on edge, easily overwhelmed by even the minor stressors. Our emotional resilience diminishes and we may become more prone to mood swings, irritability, and a sense of emotional numbness. Mentally, exhaustion clouds cognitive functioning. Concentration becomes a struggle and we may find it difficult to stay focused or retain information. Decision-making becomes challenging and productivity suffers if the mind grapples with mental fog. The once sharp intellect is dulled and creative thinking feels out of our reach. Exhaustion not only affects our personal lives, but it can also have a profound implication for our professional endeavors. In the workplace, Productivity declines as the energy to tackle tasks diminishes. The ability to meet deadlines, solve problems, and make critical decisions becomes compromised. Moreover, exhaustion can erode job satisfaction and professional fulfillment, as we may feel trapped in a cycle of endless fatigue without the space to recharge. The insidious nature of exhaustion lies in its ability to perpetuate itself. As we feel increasingly fatigued, we may compensate by pushing harder, working longer hours, and sacrificing our own well-being in the pursuit of our meeting demands. However, these efforts only serve to exacerbate the exhaustion, leading to a downward spiral that becomes difficult to escape. So it's so important to recognize the signs of exhaustion in addressing burnout and implementing effective self-care strategies. It really requires us to acknowledge our limits and prioritize our well-being. Rest and rejuvenation become essential in replenishing depleted energy stores. Now this may involve us establishing healthy boundaries which is no doubt my hardest self-care practice to do. Now, throughout my history, 
I often, and even today, I often find myself compromising. Even when I know the thing that I am negotiating on doesn't even meet my current needs. So you may have difficulty with the same thing, or you may find it difficult to exercise other forms of replenishing depleted stores. This could be by practicing, like, let's say, relaxation techniques or engaging in activities that promote restorative rest, such as quality sleep, making sure you get that, or practicing mindfulness, or engaging in, like, let's say, hobbies that bring you joy and relaxation. Now, by tending to the embers of depletion, we can gradually replenish our energy, regain our motivation, and restore our overall well-being, which will lead to a renewed sense of happiness. It is through nurturing ourselves during these times of burnout and embracing self-care that flames of exhaustion can be extinguished and the spark of vitality can be reignited. So in further, as part of this series of episodes, I'm going to be sharing a lot of those self-care practices. And again, I have shared quite a few in my previous episodes, but we're going to really focus on the ones that maybe kind of are outside the box of just maybe having a warm bath or sitting down and breathing and those sort of things. So I'm really excited to share with those with you, but we're going to stick to uh, burnout for now and these different uh, phases um, and dimensions of it. Okay, so let's talk about cynicism, which I'm calling this stage as the charring of engagement, which is the second dimension of burnout. Now, it emerges as the flames of engagement slowly smoldering and transforming into charred remnants. It represents a growing sense of detachment, skepticism, and disillusionment towards our work, colleagues, and sense of self. What was once a source of purpose and fulfillment now feels hollow and devoid of meaning. Now, as burnout takes hold, we begin to question the value and impact of our work. I can honestly tell you this is something and this is this stage here. The cynicism stage is where I found myself in the last couple of weeks. Now, the passion that once fueled me and or you and your engagement begins to wane. And we may find ourselves going through the emotions or emotions without a genuine sense of enthusiasm or commitment. The charred remnants of engagement becomes a barrier between us and the tasks at hand, eroding our ability to find meaning in our work. Cynicism manifests in various ways, often leading to negative attitudes and behaviors. So let's look at examples of four negative attitudes and behaviors that can be present and manifest during the second phase called, which I'm calling the remnants of engagement. Number one, emotional detachment. This means that we may become emotionally disengaged from our work. We may experience a sense of of apathy, feeling indifferent or disconnected from the outcomes or results that we once cared about. The flame of emotional investment in our work dims, leaving a void of indifference in its place. Number two, distrust and skepticism. Now, cynicism breeds skepticism and mistrust. We may start questioning the intentions and the integrity of our colleagues, supervisors, or the organization that we work for as a whole. 
Now, this erosion of trust further isolates us, hindering collaboration, effective communication, and the formation or sustainability of meaningful relationships. Number three, reduced organizational citizenship. Now, the charring of engagement, this phase, the second dimension of burnout, often results in a decline in organizational citizenship behavior. So you may be asking, what does that even mean? Well, we may withdraw from discretionary efforts that go beyond our prescribed roles, such as volunteering for additional responsibilities, offering support to our colleagues, or contributing to innovative ideas. Now, this withdrawal further reinforces the sense of disconnection and detachment. Number four, emotional exhaustion and emotional labor. Now, cynicism can be fueled by emotional exhaustion and the strain of performing emotional labor. Emotional labor refers to the effort required to manage and regulate our emotions to meet the expectations of others. Now, over time, the demand for emotional labor can lead to a sense of inauthenticity and contribute to cynicism as we feel emotionally drained from putting on this facade or this other face that we have to show up to work with. So what can we do to help us address this second phase of burnout? Again, this charring of engagement. Well, it is essential to cultivate a renewed sense of purpose and connection to our work. So here are four strategies to counteract cynicism and reignite engagement. Number one, reflect on your core values. Now, reconnecting with personal values and aligning them with our work can reignite a sense of purpose and meaning. Now, identifying the aspects of work that are truly meaningful to you can help us rediscover our passion and motivation. Number two, seek meaningful connections. Now, building positive relationships with colleagues and finding a support net network within the workplace can combat feelings of isolation and foster a sense of belonging. Now, engaging in open and honest communication, trying to be as authentic as possible, sharing your challenges, and also celebrating achievements together can help rebuild trust and restore engagement. Number three, redefine success. Now, challenging the conventional notions of success and reevaluating what truly matters can alleviate the pressure and disillusionment that contribute to cynicism. Embracing a more holistic, and values-driven values definition of success can help us find fulfillment in our work beyond external validation. Number four, engage in professional development. Now, actively pursuing opportunities for growth and learning can reignite a sense of curiosity and excitement. Now, investing in professional development can provide new challenges, broaden our skills, and open doors to fresh perspectives, revitalizing engagement with our work. Now, in summary, my by addressing the charring of engagement phase through self-reflection, connection, and reevaluation of what brings meaning, we can start to rekindle the flames of purpose 
and rediscover the fulfillment that comes from meaningful work. Okay, the last and third dimension of burnout is inefficacy, which I'm calling the smoldering of competence to stick with the fire theme of this episode on burnout. Now, inefficacy is characterized by a decline in our belief in our own ability and diminishing sense of accomplishment. The flames of confidence and competence that once burned brightly begin to flicker and fade, overshadowed by a pervasive sense of inadequacy and the belief that our efforts are futile. Now, as burnout takes hold, we may experience a loss of confidence in our skills and capabilities. The smoldering of competence can manifest in several ways, and here are four of the most prevalent ones. Number one, self-doubt and imposter syndrome. We may start to develop a persistent sense of self-doubt, questioning our abilities and feeling like a fraud despite evidence of our competence. Now, imposter syndrome can contribute to a constant fear of being exposed as an inadequate and leading to a continuous cycle of self-sabotage and diminished self-esteem. Number two, reduce productivity and quality of work. The smoldering of competence often leads to a decline in productivity and the quality of our work. We may struggle to meet our own expectations, becoming dissatisfied with our performance. Now, I can honestly tell you these last few months for in my work, this is exactly what's been going on for me. I feel like I've been putting out way more, like I've just got so much work on my plate that it's more about, you know, that quantity of of producing rather than quality. So I've, I actually had to, you know, speak to my manager about this and say, Hey, look at, I have so much going on right now and I am so far away from the, the quality of work that I used to do. So I, I need to get back. So I need to let go of some of these things so I can get back to quality. So this is an important one. Um, you know, the belief that our efforts are no longer effective or impactful, it just further undermines our confidence and it perpetuates this cycle of inefficacy. And number three, lack of recognition and validation. Now, inefficacy can be reinforced by a lack of recognition and validation from our contributions. When efforts go unnoticed or unappreciated, we may question the value of our work and our ability to make meaningful impact. Now, this lack of external affirmation can further erode our belief in our own competence. So it really takes a strong leadership, strong leadership within your work to recognize some of these things and and really validate, you know, the people that are working for them, the works that, that's being produced. I think it's a big one. And if it's not happening, then I think it's really important that we approach them and be very uh, honest with them, that that's something that we need to, to perform. Okay, number four, loss of motivation and goal directedness. Now, as the smoldering of confidence persists, we may find it increasingly difficult to set and pursue goals. The belief that our efforts will not yield the desired outcomes or that our skills are inadequate can extinguish the motivation to strive for success. This loss of direction can leave us feeling aimless and disconnected from our aspirations. So to address the smoldering of competence, it is crucial to rebuild and nurture a sense of self-efficacy and accomplishment. 
Here are five strategies to counteract inefficacy and reignite this competence. Number one, celebrate your achievements. Now recognize and celebrate even small accomplishments to counteract the tendency to overlook our successes. Acknowledging achievements can help restore confidence and reinforce a sense of competence. Number two, set realistic goals. Break down larger goals into smaller, manageable tasks that provide a sense of progress and accomplishment. Setting achievable goals, like the SMART model, allows us to build confidence and gradually regain a belief in our abilities again. Number three, seek feedback and mentorship. Actively seek constructive feedback from trusted colleagues, supervisors, or mentors. Feedback can provide valuable insights, highlight areas of growth, and validate our competence. Engaging in mentorship relationships can also provide guidance and support in navigating professional challenges. As a leader myself, I look at performance management, and this is where I think a lot of uh, leadership and even um, staff uh, can shy away from it because they look at performance management as a negative thing and it's not a negative thing at all really it's about these these things that i've been talking about it's about you know getting feedback it's about getting mentorship it's about um helping you set realistic goals and it's about also taking the time to celebrate these achievements so it's it's super important and i think many leaders today in the workplace don't understand how important performance management is. It's not a negative thing. It is really a positive thing. So that's just my uh, two cents on that uh, piece. Now, number four, engage in skill development. I, I, I find this huge and invest in your learning and your skill development to enhance competence and build confidence because acquiring new knowledge and honing in on existing skills can reignite a sense of mastery and it reestablishes a belief in our abilities. Now, for me personally, I've recognized this as well. I need to do a lot more professional development. Um, and one of the things that I've really focused on to help me through this stage of burnout is uh, I've decided to partake in more of the opportunities that are free through my work. But I've also uh, I'm, I'm also committing myself to get back to my MBA and finish that because I think that's a super important. It's actually on my vision board. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do that. So it's going to really help me during this time of, of, of burnout. Okay, number five, the last one is challenge negative self-talk. Now, I've talked a lot about self-talk, about our words, about the power of our thoughts and words uh, in, in my podcast. So uh, this one's a big one. So practice self-compassion and challenge negative self-talk that undermines confidence. Replace self-critical thoughts with positive and affirming statements. Cultivating a supportive inner dialogue can foster resilience and a belief in our capabilities. Now, if you want some great examples of self-talk or positive self-talk or self-affirmation, check out episode four of this podcast where I developed an I am affirmation session just for you. Now, by actively addressing the smoldering of competence, this third dimension of burnout, through recognition, goal setting, feedback, skill development, and self-compassion, 
we can reignite the flames of confidence and restore a sense of efficacy. It is through rebuilding a belief in our own abilities that we can overcome inefficacy and reclaim our professional and personal fulfillment. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode on the first part of the series on burnout and self-care. In the second part of this series, I'm going to talk about the multifaceted consequences of burnout from work to personal life. I will start with explaining the impact on how burnout has on our well-being, physical health, professional sphere, and societal impact. After that, I will do one that focuses more on the self-care practices that you can use to combat burnout. I will leave you with this message like I do with every episode. Be kind to yourself, believe in yourself, and cherish your loved ones, sending you peace, healing, and lots of love. Bye for now.